Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. Happy New Year, Llewellyn. Yeah, Happy New Year. It has been two weeks since we have been on, um, since we've released an episode and I will admit that that was partially my fault. Um, I had messed up the end of the release schedule um, at the end of 2022 and it ended up working out in our favor, though, because it was really hard to record this week to try and get one out by the 5th. So now we're releasing it the next week. Um, yeah, we like subconsciously knew that we needed that week. Yeah, like it, like we were talking about like, well, what if we record on Thursday and then we just release it later in the day? I was like, no, <laughs> Let's, I technically gave us an out by releasing it on the wrong date. So <laughs> hope yeah. you all had a great New Year's wherever you um, celebrated. Um, hope you guys had safe, responsible, fun. <sighs> I was ready for 2023. I'll be honest. I'm it's like, oh, same. I'm like. I feel good about this year. I'm ready. I feel like good things are going to happen. <laughs> uh, to be decided over here. Um, any New Year's resolutions or no, goals? Not one. Any not goals? One. Um, not that I've like concretely like written down. I've not mm-hmm. actually thought about any of that because every t- every year I've done it, not completed them. So I'm like, sure, why do I sure. put the effort in? Yeah, I hear that. One of mine is, um, uh, it's called A Thousand Unplugged Hours. And over the course of the year, I have this sheet that just has a bunch of like empty circles in it. And it's lined up like like just one big grid. And essentially over the next year, I want to try and accomplish a thousand unplugged hours. And that might seem like, well, okay, surely within a year, you can get there. But if you think about it, we have 365 days in the year. If you divide that by a thousand, that's like three plus hours per day. You can't count any of your work day because I'm on the computer the whole time. Um, And then, so that means when I get home or in the morning, if I decide not to listen to a podcast while I like get up and get ready, it has to be unplugged. So I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to podcasts. I'm not on my phone. I'm not scrolling Instagram. I'm not even texting people like truly unplugged, phoned, turned over, not within reach. So it actually has to be like really intentional time. And yeah. I have been struggling with that over the last several years. Um, I will Instagram scroll for hours and just find myself in like one big rabbit hole. And it's just not good for my like attention span it's not good for it like makes me feel antsy like when there's any sort of dead space in like a conversation I feel like I have to grab for it and so that doesn't like help me cultivate healthy relationships with the people that like I really do want to hang out with and love and want to be present for so um, I feel like taking that challenge over the course of the year will just create like a habit of not reaching for my phone Um, and so that's just one that like will last me through the whole year. So I feel like that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, okay, the life update section, which we have withheld from y'all our New York City trip recap because we were like, it's the holidays. We're trying to like, these are going to be a longer episode anyway. So we said we were going to push it to episode one of 2023 and here 
we are. So Llewellyn, do you want to give your part of the recap first? Do you want to just like... Oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Tell Um, the friends how it was. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys followed along with us for a few events. Um, That's what we want to call them, including our fiasco of the first night. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we won't like go over that again, because if you followed along on our stories, we were essentially kept out of our place because our long story short, our I do think you need to explain. (laughs) Okay. All right, fine. So (laughs) thankfully, both of us were able to book flights that flew into LaGuardia relatively at the same time. And thanks to like delays and my plane having to circle a bunch, um, we actually landed like four minutes apart, which was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, But of course, on opposite sides of the airport. So we met up in the middle (laughs) and we contacted our host like immediately and she replied back. So we knew she was awake at like 1130 or whenever it was we landed. Yeah. And we had told her that it would be about an hour commute um, to get to where we were staying. Yeah. So we get there a little bit earlier than that, actually. I think it only took us like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, And we're standing outside like knocking because she's one of those hosts that wanted to meet you which at this point like I don't know that I ever want that again no um, I I need self-check-in <laughs> moving forward yeah but um so we're we're knocking mind you it's like it's not raining hard but it's like sprinkling like enough to like get us wet if we're standing there for a long time yeah. we're carrying our luggage we're both exhausted because we worked a full day yes um and we like <laughs> we called we texted we messaged an Airbnb app everything like for a half an hour we did this and no contact nothing so then finally we reached out to airbnb and they were super nice um but their like policy is they have to set like an hour from the time we contacted them so that was already a half an hour into when we were there yeah um and they would reach out to the person yeah they give themselves a whole nother hour to try and reach out which is dumb when we've already been doing that for 30 minutes it it should be just a continuation of the time (laughs) you would think so um anyways so we thankfully found this little irish pub around the corner uh called the what the molly wee pub or something yes i'm obsessed with it now it's so cute um and we went in and we each got something to drink and we i mean we took the time to just like catch up because neither one of us neither one of us have seen each other in like over a year so we just took that time to catch up. Yeah. Like, still trying to contact. Well, we weren't trying to contact our host, but we were like keeping in touch with Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of us like deciding, do we just like try to take a nap in here and then go <laughs> see the tree at 5 a.m. when it lights? Yeah. Um, because the bar, thankfully, didn't close until 4 a.m., which was really good. Oh, that's the best thing about a big city. Because yeah. like in our towns, it's like once 2 p.m. hits, like they're closing down the bars. Yeah. And we were coming up, we were, it was like one forty-five. Yeah. So Leanne happens to look down at her phone and our host had messaged us. So we quickly go back over. Um, she apologizes probably like 30 times. Mm-hmm. She was, we think Russian, yes. although she could have been something else. We're not quite sure. Um, she was I'm nice. like 95% I- sure she is Russian. Yeah, I wouldn't say she, like, she wasn't a bad host by any means. Um, It was just an unfortunate situation where she fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. And, but both of us were exhausted. It's, like, almost 2 a.m. We get into this place, and she proceeds to, like, show us 
everything. Now, Every square ever, inch. Yeah, if you've ever described. been to New York, um, in like an apartment <laughs> that's not like you know obviously <laughs> the Ritz Carlton, um, it's like a shoebox. Yeah, like very tiny. Like pull out couch took up the entire living space. <laughs> And it was like, what, a full size, maybe? Yes. Or was it a queen? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but she shows us the entire space, which was so small. And at one point, we're like, well, we don't even think we're going to be using the kitchen. Like, we're going to go out and eat. And she's like, well, I'm still going to show you. So yeah. we were both tired, whatever. Um, and then we both kind of look at each other because it's also like 95 <laughs> degrees in this place. <laughs> it's, and we have like our so winter coats. Hot. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> yeah. And... She like we both kind of like mentally at least I was thinking like oh we're turning we're turning that heat off when she leaves yes. and then she tells us that we can't adjust it because it's like radiator heat and it's yeah you can't regulate the radiator yeah so we're like oh great so she leaves and we immediately like open all the windows that open <laughs> in this place and then we turn on the air conditioner like fan yes. to kind of like help us bring in some cold air which outside it was still in the 50s so like it wasn't even that cold outside yeah the so first it night was, yeah it was it was a rough night i don't think we get got to sleep until like 3 a.m and then we were yeah. up at six yeah <laughs> because we wanted to go to brooklyn for like a specific reason yes so yeah that was our first night <sighs> so welcome to the city it was yeah it was one of those where um where you just kind of like i'm too tired to be mad. It's like a frustrating situation, but I also don't want to start off the trip just being like, right. In like I get to choose my emotions, and it was one of those where I was like, "All right, this is hilarious. This is a story we're going to be like, hey, remember that one time we went to New York and like in the same breath that we'll say Hamilton was awesome, we'll also say, "Remember how our Airbnb host <laughs> fell asleep?" And it's like those are the things that you remember. And yeah. now like the the Molly Wee pub when I go back to New York and every, anyone's like, hey, let's just go grab a beer somewhere. I'll be like, I know where to go. Because like, yeah, exactly. it was just a fun. They were playing like 90s, early 2000s songs. They played the Friends theme song, which was awesome, which I realized yeah, it was, later in my reel, you could not yeah, hear it on hear. our Instagram story, but we could. Um, yeah, it was just one of those like, you have to choose to just laugh about it. Yeah, I mean, everything was basically out of our control anyway, so... And the rest it of this day was fine. Like, outside of that one instance, she was um, very responsive. She was very communicative, yeah. like, both yeah. during and before, like, as we were preparing to come. It was just, it just was, like, one of those unfortunate, like, if you had self-check-in, all of that would have been eliminated. And it would have been yep. fine. There would have been yep. no hiccups. So it was just one of those things. But it made for our trip to be really fun. Um, uh, Hamilton was amazing. Again, I ranted about it enough when the girls and I went. It was better this time somehow for me. It was so good. Well, I think the seats probably helped. We had better seats, didn't we? A little bit. Yeah, slightly better. But even just the performances were better. Yeah, it was really good. The performances of the cast that night was so, like, it was so good. It was even better than the first time I saw it. Um, So, again, still highly recommend that. Um, what was your, what, maybe, what was your favorite part about like the Christmas side of what we did? Um, I think for me, oh, that's hard. Um, I think I'm going to say two things. I think one, I really enjoyed Hudson Yard, the, um, 
the Christmas lights there were just incredible. I thought, mm-hmm. um, mostly because like I'm, I'm very like much a basic Christmas light person. Like I like the white, yes, or like the the like goldish looking ones mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, like all of the shops at Hudson Yards, like that's what they had on yes. everything. And I think it just looked very elegant and classy, mm-hmm. which I really loved. Um, but I think. And on, honestly, I mean, I think it was on our list, but it wasn't, like, top on our list. So I'm glad that we made a point to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, I loved all the, the tour spots. So Fifth Avenue and the Rockefeller Tree. Mm-hmm. But I would say, if you're not a crowd person, go at 5 a.m. when it lights and then walk around. You won't see the show at Saks, but yeah. honestly, like, I could have done without the show. Just being able to, like walk down a little bit of fifth and see some of the lights and then like go into Times Square and kind of like get the Times Square vibe, but without the 5,000 people around me, I, mm-hmm. I liked that. Um, so I would definitely say like, that's the, in my opinion, that's the best way to see the Rockefeller tree. Um, you can get super close to it, which is a bummer. I think, I mean, someday I'd love to ice skate down there, even though I know it's overcrowded and overpriced, but just like mm-hmm. the experience would be nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for Christmas, that was me. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I, my favorite part of the Christmas part was that early morning. And like, it was a sacrifice because we got in late and then also had to get up at like 4 a.m. Trains weren't running at a consistent and basis. Missed our train. So we missed our train. And so we had to walk. So we were practically like fast walking like the whole time to get there and it's luckily luckily we love staying in Manhattan I will never not stay in Manhattan ever again if I can help it um unless unless like there's unless we have like maybe if it's just over the bridge and we're in Williamsburg and we're right next to a metro or something but it was just so convenient to be in the middle of everything um so we like ran out there we made the tree lighting which was awesome there was maybe two other groups there and then a third joined because they realized that it was happening earlier than they expected they thought they were going to have to hit their bus before um and then they did take the gates down though so we did yeah we were able to see the tree like across from the ice skating rink which was cool yeah because that was closer than we got with the crowds um which we didn't realize until after like we had walked a bit and then came back and we're like oh it's open. Yeah, they took it down. Yeah. Um, I also loved Cartier. Um, it because it's such a beautifully like ornate building already. Um, much like you, Llewellyn, I love the like I can appreciate both, but I do love the simple classicness of the way that they do yeah. the lights on Cartier. And with like the red of their um branding, it just matched like the whole aesthetic of like this really old building with these golden lights that were big and separate enough to like be very like aesthetically pleasing with the red like signage and their flags out front. It was just so beautiful. And then it was sat next to Versace, which was a completely white building. So it just kind of it gave it this like really beautiful like look to it. Um, the sax show was shorter than I expected, but it was also really cool. Um, yeah, but yes, we were fighting, fighting crowds. It was, yeah. I mean, almost standstill. You had to like, everyone was fighting their way through. 
And we had yeah. to find like, where does it break up the fastest so we could just get out and then start finding our way. Um, so I, I also, like you, loved, we. it felt like we had Times Square. It felt like we had um, Fifth Avenue and Rockefeller Tree, like almost all to ourselves, which was yeah. really cool. So highly recommend that if you're in New York around the holidays um, to to go do the early morning lighting lights at 5 a.m. Eastern time. And it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's our New York trip. So 16 minutes in, are you ready to actually talk about the first episode of the year? Yes, let's do it. All right. All right. So that means I need my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I had put it down so it wasn't distracting me. You should be proud. I am proud. Good for you. Okay, here it is. Okay. (laughs) All right. So as we've said this week, we started season six with episode one titled The One After Vegas. This was written by Adam Chase, directed by Kevin S. Bright, and originally aired on September 23rd, 1999. A hungover Ross and Rachel are shocked to discover that they are husband and wife, and Joey and Phoebe have a cross-country adventure. Very nice. Okay. So in the soft open of this episode, we get the extended scene leaving off from where we ended in season five with Ross and Rachel getting married. So in this extended scene, we see Joey and Phoebe come flying in. And as we know, Chandler and Monica are there sort of dumbstruck by what they just witnessed. And they kind of wrongfully assume that Joey and Phoebe are also maybe hurrying down the aisle until the pair makes a quick retreat back into the atrium and they spot the two of them standing there. And we find out that they're there because they received a message that Ross and Rachel were going to get married, but they kind of all find that like they all missed the ceremony. And Phoebe kind of tries to calm the group down by letting them know it's not like a real marriage that like you're only married in Vegas if you got married there (laughs) until it's sort of revealed that that is definitely not true. And Phoebe lets us peek into her hidden and mysterious past a little bit by hinting that she may be in fact still married. (laughs) My question is, was that before or after the gay ice dancer? I don't know. What's funny about that is that that insinuates that Phoebe is not very close behind Ross in the number of divorces. Yeah. Which we will see as a very big issue. Yeah. Moving from this episode into the next. Yeah. Okay. A couple things. Yeah. So at the very beginning of this episode, when Phoebe and Joey run in, you can hear them speaking. But if you watch them, their lips aren't moving. So it was clearly a like a dubbed voiceover. Um, and then also in the in-between between the soft open and the main, I don't know if you caught it, but this is after David and Courtney R. Cox got married. Um, they yes. married in the in-between in June. And the credits, in order to like kind of give a nod to that they put Arquette at the end of everybody's name in the like opening scene and then they also at the very end like gave a little like shout out to them yeah that's such an that's such like a unique way to give like to pay homage to their marriage yeah at the beginning I could see the end one for sure like it's very easy to put like an end thing that says like 
on behalf of or in celebration of like they kind of did but putting their first names in there or putting their last name in there for everybody that's such a unique way to do it kind of kind of cool yeah it is it's sweet i thought yeah agreed um okay so in the main part of the episode we'll start off with ross and rachel rachel wakes up to a room full of empty liquor bottles um a faded stash and a very naked ross (laughs) Along with a hangover, for good measure, they both try to kind of piece together what happened last night as they get themselves up and out of bed, and then it hits you. You know, like when you're asking for a sign in life, this this is that. Like, it's a big billboard made out of Ross's back, <laughs> is what happened. If Rachel had just turned around and seen it, um, they would have been privy to the information that all the rest of the friend group knows um, that they're sort of waiting to talk about. Now downstairs, uh, we can kind of assume that like the friends are meeting for a breakfast buffet all together. They probably were just like, Hey, tomorrow we're just gonna, we're gonna meet for breakfast. So they're all down there or not. They're all down there. We're, we're going to see them gather. Joey joins Phoebe first and announces that his movie has indeed been canceled and he's gonna head back to New York with the group. He's like, what time do you guys fly out? And Phoebe's like, you can't just leave my cab in Vegas. Like you, ha- it needs to be driven back. And so he proposes that Phoebe join him on the drive back. That they kind of make like a little adventure out of it. Uh, which uh, Joey says yes to. Chandler and Monica join um, the group, inquiring as to the whereabouts of the newly betrothed, and learn that they'll soon be with them. Like they're coming down shortly. Joey goes to get his food and Chandler follows as a way to kind of get away from the group and ask for advice from his friend about what transpired the previous night between him and Monica and how he may be reconsidering the speed at which he is comfortable moving in his relationship with Monica. Um, Of course, Joey is horrible, horrible at giving advice, which is to be expected, honestly. Uh, but we pan over kind of while Joey's giving this horrible advice, they kind of like pan the camera over to the women, like over the guys' shoulders. And we find out that Monica is having the exact same conversation with Phoebe. Yeah, so this I couple, feel like the two of them do this a lot. Like, yes, they, they both like internally are freaking out about something and then like share it with one of the friends, but they just don't share it with each other. Yeah. It's like, they're on the same page. They just have really yeah. bad communication. Yes. <laughs> 100%, which is like the number one thing in a relationship. <laughs> totally. You need to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Good call out. Um, no, another thing before you continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, so if you're if you're watching the scene when Joey and Chandler are talking over by the food and you watch the mirror, or not mirror, the picture behind Chandler, mm-hmm. you see like a white shirt, which would be like a waitress walk by, but then it immediately pans out and all of the waitresses are on the opposite side of the room. So you can clearly tell it was, they were two separate shots. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, which is kind of a mess up, but also a fun fact. um, During this scene, it's like, I mean, we see Monica in the very beginning, but like, this is the first time we like pay attention to her. Um, Her hair is very much longer than it was the end of the last season, even though this is technically taking place the next morning, um, which is in fact do because she was currently filming scream number three around the same time that this episode was being uh shot Mm. and if you look at her in scream she had hair that long 
and she also had like an artificial artificial piece that she put on as like bangs to help differentiate between her two characters Um, okay but those were shot at the same time which is why her hair is the length that it is and they didn't cut it to like match for the end of season five nice okay yeah that's a good catch i know it's interesting when you when like they continue an an episode right like a direct continuation and they just like change which from year to year you wouldn't notice and we've talked about this when it comes to like pretty soon when we see it's, I think it's the end of this season, actually, um, when uh, Matthew Perry goes from. Yeah, it is. Like, he skinnies right up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so then Ross and Rachel finally join the group and settle in for what they think is a normal breakfast with their friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until they glance up to find the group just staring them down. And when they ask, like, what's wrong, the whole miscommunication starts. When the friends ask about what happened last night, the duo thinks that they're talking about how they may or may not have had sex, while the group is obviously referring to the marriage part, which makes for kind of some hilarious little, like, gags and one-liners. But it doesn't take long for the memories to flash back for the duo, um, and they quickly hop into denial. Now, Chandler makes a funny voice lawyer joke, which I laughed out loud at joey doesn't understand what annulment means which was also funny and then phoebe labels ross as having a thing which he strongly rejects and in my opinion thus drives the point of it even deeper into his personal brand you know the saying like thus protesteth too much yeah it's kind of is one of those like if if you're doing it too much you're kind of proving the point because you're like trying to do it in spite of and then phoebe just kind of keeps going and going and going and just like digging in which is which is really funny it makes for a really funny scene i think yeah so one thing that i think is like kind of a plot hole not really a plot hole but just like a like they i don't know a missed opportunity or something okay so the last episode or the last two episodes really um they had the storyline of ross and rachel even getting drunk and ending in a marriage was the fact that both of them had marker on their face. So they were trying to get drunk to forget about that fact. Mm-hmm. So, and if you remember in the last episode, they'd called and the, the company was like, yeah, it's permanent. You can't take it off, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Now we know obviously that it, it's not permanent. It's going to come off eventually. Yeah. Like your but, oils in your face will start to break right. it down and it'll come off. Right. Yeah. But just for the point of the show, like you shouldn't have said like it's permanent, like it's never going to come off. Because by the morning, it's faded, which is natural. And then by breakfast, it's completely gone. But yet all the scrubbing that they did the day before didn't even fade it, like, oh, in ounce. Like, so just brilliant. the idea of, Llewellyn. like, they went for one day it being, like, really obvious it's on their face to the next morning it's faded to all of a sudden it's completely gone. Like, it just isn't – your continuity is off there, I think, a little bit. Um I think you're right. They could have easily like made it, it made it a little bit even more faded at breakfast yeah. than from like the morning. Not by a ton yeah. because but like assuming that maybe they washed their face and some of the oils overnight would have like lifted a little. Yeah. But at breakfast they should have still had it too. I think you're absolutely yeah. spot on on that. Yeah. And then for anybody out there that who, who's a lawyer, could you answer this question for us? So <laughs> Ross mentions like, you know, we shouldn't even be allowed to get married because we were so drunk. And I I did read somewhere, and I don't know if this is accurate, that 
it is correct that if both parties are completely like wasted like that, the marriage isn't going to stick because mm. the point of a marriage is you have to have consent. And yeah. then most most states won't give you, or at least in America, I don't know about overseas, but most states won't give you a marriage license, which is what seals the deal on a wedding. So I kind of think this whole storyline is inaccurate anyway, but mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't do a deep dive on it. But if anybody out there is a lawyer, is that true? Like, is this marriage actually legal? Because I feel like it wouldn't be, in my opinion. Yeah. Interesting. I think I think what I might try and remember to do, actually, I'll re-listen to this. So I'm telling future Leanne to put this in the notes. I'm looking at like <laughs> what the difference is between an annulment and a divorce and like what the differences are and it's what time makes. Span, isn't it? Yeah, but but like there's like legally too, it's not just the time. There's like specific differences and the grounds for divorce versus annulments are different. Um yes, there is a obviously the element of a timing. Um yeah, and then like what happens after between like the difference between the finances for a divorce versus an annulment, children versus a divorce or an annulment. Like there's kind of a lot of things. So if you want to do like a quick deep dive on it, I'm just going to attach um attach like a website for the differences between like an annulment and a divorce because I think that's fascinating. Cool. Um okay. Uh so we continue on with the the timeline. We can assume that breakfast has disbanded and Chandler um Chandler and Monica are continuing on with their day. Um we can assume that they're waiting for maybe their flight out because in the next scene we're going to catch up uh, with where Phoebe and Joey are. And so we can kind of think like the breakfast was like the day that everyone, like the day of the trip being over, they're going to have breakfast together and then they're all going to like go their separate ways to get back home to New York. So we continue on in the day with Monica and Chandler. Both of them are wanting to have the same conversation, but no one is actually committing to starting it. So they're absolutely terrible actors. In this in, in this scene, it's hard. Like, as their character, they're terrible actors. I'm not saying that the actors themselves are terrible actors. Yes, yes. They, like, they're lobbing this ball back and forth, putting an exclamation on each of their statements by shouting, yeah. I love you, um, until one of them suggests that they leave it to fate again at the craps table. So yeah. both very much wishing it's not going to be an eight, um, but obviously no good show avoids an obvious opportunity for humor, so... And eight it is. Um, it's really devastating for both of them, even though they're trying to be like, yes, that's what I wanted. It was so unlikely. Um, until Monica recalls last night, they rolled a hard eight. So obviously it's not meant to be. They're right. very much excited by this and decide they're going to go pack. Now we cut over to Phoebe um, and Joey in the taxi. They are driving their way back to New York. Again, we already told you how long it is. That's such a long drive. So Phoebe is playing 20 questions while Joey is practically asleep. How, Llewellyn, how are you as a traveler in the passenger seat versus being the driver? Like what's your, what's your road trip personal brand? Um, Well, I've done a lot of trips from Michigan to Florida which is a long drive. So it typically, um, if I'm, if I'm a passenger, it's usually I'll try to sleep a little bit because I know that I have to 
drive again. But if I know that the person driving is already tired or has been driving for a while, then I try to make sure I'm up to like talk with them or be the one that controls the music. Um, but generally speaking, if you're in the passenger seat, like that is prime time to sleep so that you can take back over and be like awake to drive. Right. So I'm kind of with Joey here, but if he's been sleeping the entire time, no, you need yeah. to wake up at some point. And during the day. <laughs> right. And like, didn't you just sleep all night? Right. I would have to say that I am. I don't mind being the driver. Uh, it keeps me awake for the most part. Like, I'm good. Something happens, though, when I'm in the passenger seat and I just cannot stay awake. <laughs> It's like my brain it's, dis- it's like my brain disengages because like I don't have to have responsibility for anything or anyone or think cognitively about like what turn and where we're going and how long and how far and do we have enough gas like I just like I'm the worst. <laughs> so if we ever well, go on I road think- trips just make me drive because then I'll stay awake. Well, I think honestly too it's it's who you're driving with. Um, That's true. And I always try to have that conversation before I go on a long road trip with people. It's like, what do you, what are your expectations for me when I'm in the passenger seat? Like, do you, are you somebody that needs me to stay up and have mm. a conversation with you or that type of thing? Cause everybody's different. So I think if ever you and I went on a road trip, we would have that conversation. Like, what does this look like? And of course how far it is. Cause if we're driving like 20 hours, I'm not going to force you to drive all 20 hours. Well, sure. Yeah. I just, I remember, I remember being on a road trip with um, my friend and I like just could not keep my eyes open and she was so, she was so mad and I was like, if you just give me like two hours, I can boot and rally after that. I just need to sleep. And so that's what he did. I literally, that's what she did. She literally let me do it. I set an alarm and two hours later, I was like, okay, let's do this. (laughs) I was like, just listen to your AirPods and, or earphones. I don't even think we had AirPods back in the day, but I was like, just listen to some music and (laughs) have some you time. (laughs) But anyways, okay. Um, Okay, so Phoebe is like, so kind of like my friend was, Phoebe's really mad that Joey promised like a really fun adventure and he's been asleep. So she wants to punish him by making him drive and sing to her until they make the switch. And he starts, but he kind of like falls asleep. So it cuts to like him driving and practically falling asleep at the wheel. Have you, have you ever been, have you ever had like even remotely a scare like that where you- yes. Me too. And it's... Yeah, I've been like asleep and waking up and realizing I was just asleep while driving. Yes, it's terrifying. It's so, so dangerous. Um, The same friend, ironically, uh, her and I were coming back from Toronto one night. Do you remember when I went to Toronto for... uh, um, I went to Toronto for a concert and then the next day we were in Chicago for that event? Oh, yeah. Yes. So two very long days back to back and driving literally in the opposite direction of each other. Right. Um, so I was com- we were coming back from Toronto to Detroit, which is about a five and a half hour drive. It's quite a long way. And we had to oh wait. No, this is a lie. We landed in Toronto 
on the way back from Paris. Right, because you your flight was messed up. The flight got canceled, the last leg of it, and or or like they wanted to rebook it for the next morning and we were like, We have already been traveling, we just want to get home. So we rented a car and we were taking turns because we were so gosh dang tired that we were trying to take turns and I legit same same as you, I remember waking up and being like, holy crap, I was just asleep at the wheel. It's yeah, terrifying. It is terrifying because I'm like, Megan is sleeping next to me because she, we're trading on and off. Like we were like, let's do every hour so that we can like, it, it almost doesn't give you enough time to be tired enough, but it really does. Yeah, it was terrifying. So, okay. um, So he's like trying to keep himself awake and Joey notices a hitchhiker. And the next thing we know, we're panning over to Phoebe in the backseat, waking up for a sweet little nap, uh, and Joey in the backseat of the taxi while the hitchhiker drives. And can I say when they did the B-roll of that car, nobody except for the driver was in that taxi? Oh, yeah. And that kind of drove me, that drove me nuts. I was like, at least put one person. The whole B-roll of that. It was bad. The taxi scenes were terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, so we're going to catch up with how Phoebe feels about that in a little bit, but right now we are going to fly on over to New York City. We are in the cafe back in NYC. Ross meets up with, uh, meets up with Rachel in the cafe to reveal a shocking decision that completely takes away Rachel's autonomy. And it has it feeling, it has me feeling like all sorts of ways. He reveals He's not going to get the annulment. (laughs) Ross is an idiot. He's not going to do it. And rightfully, she thinks it's like a joke and is like kind of playing along with it. Like, yeah, then I'm just going to be your wife and we're just going to live, like have a life together. And then like she keeps playing until like Ross, Ross also doesn't let up on the joke. And she's like, okay, now I'm really scared that you think that this is not a joke, that you're not joking. And Ross like... Ross like tries to prove his point. He keeps speaking as though it's like, it's not really something that changes Rachel's whole life. It's like a small little favor that she could do for him just so that he can save face with whomever and not become quote unquote that guy. Um, And that whole conversation is probably just as scary as falling asleep at the wheel. Like if someone came to me and was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Like you're stuck. I have a thought on that, which I will talk about in a minute, but I was like, that scene, I was like, Ross, you have no right. (laughs) No. The audacity of this man is astounding. So we pop upstairs into the girl's apartment to catch up with where uh, Monica and Chandler are. They um, come back home. And due to an unruly kid on the plane and an injured ankle on Monica's part, Chandler carries Monica over the threshold. Um, And mind you, remember that last scene that we saw them at where they were like, clearly this isn't a sign. Like we would have known by now. They open the elevator door and there is a priest there with an open Bible. Um, And so they're thinking, they're thinking that they have to kind of like, avoid these like signs from the universe yeah 
to determine like whether they're going to get married or not. So for those of you that are maybe too young or don't really know what this joke means, just because I don't think it's very like prevalent still in like society. So I don't know like innuendo, like where you would find this out. Um, at the threshold of a bedchamber, the husband would have to carry over her over to encourage her to go in. Another tradition indicates that the new wife must enter her home for the first time by the main door to avoid bad luck. She must not trip or fall. And to avoid this, the groom would carry her into the house. So there's a couple like superstitions, but also like probably old cultural things as well. So that's that's why this joke is funny because carrying someone over the threshold meant like you're welcoming them into their new life and you're going to have good luck as yeah. a couple. So this kind of continues the funny set of circumstances that fate is saying they should marry. Um, and the couple very quickly, like he kind of backs out. She's like dangling over his neck and he walks back in and the couple agrees like this doesn't mean anything. And they're like, they're in agreement on it. But now this is the second time that something like this has happened. So we're going to pause on that and go back and meet up. Phoebe is now driving and she is like berating Joey for picking up a hitchhiker. But also like she's driving with a hitchhiker sitting right next to her. Yeah, like punish punish Joey and have him sit in the back seat, <laughs> Or right. put Joey up front even though she's mad at Joey. Um, yeah, the, 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 the seating situation could have definitely been different based on how phoebe was really feeling i completely agree with you i think you're right in that but she's saying like he could be an axe murderer or a rapist but we quickly kind of kind of find out that maybe phoebe just might have made a new friend (laughs) yeah (laughs) they get along very quickly and she completely shuns joey into silence in the backseat and you can tell he's like a little hurt about it yeah for sure um so back at the girl's place, Ross meets with, meets with Rachel to try and convince her to stay married. So he like, again, approaches her to say, I have an idea to get you to agree to this, that they could do a registry because they're married and she can keep all of the presents. Which now is for- like such a low blow to use like something that she loves against yeah. her. So it was so tacky of him to even suggest that. Yeah, she considers it for maybe about 0.5 seconds until she's like, it's the ultimate no. And she like, she demands that he gets the annulment or she will. And at that point, I'm like, do do that, Rachel. Take, like, go get it. Go get it, girl. Like, take your life into your own hands. You don't have to wait for Ross to get an annulment even though we will find out the hilarious circumstance that needs to happen in order for an annulment to happen. But I'm like, you could initiate. Like, you don't have to wait for Ross to get it done. Which I think is, like, a really weird... I don't know if that's, like, saying something about Rachel's character and, like, her, like, personal, like, she doesn't take the initiative, you know, or anything. But, like, I'm just like, take take your life into your own hands. Well, I feel like it. it... I mean, I think it just plays on like i think she would have if she needed to but i think it just plays on like ross you already have a divorce lawyer so just go do it (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i get that too but i was like this this is maybe the like strong independent woman part of me that was like just go get it for your own dang self and it's the 90s which is a lot different than it is now that's true that's true i don't think women i mean women did come a long way at that point but 
we've still come even farther. Yeah, now. we're like, yeah, 30 years past that now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Um, okay, so back in the taxi, we catch up for kind of the final scene, I guess, in the main episode with the taxi. Uh, Phoebe drops the guy off at the train station and gives the silent treatment to Joey, who tries to win her over by singing our favorite our favorite friends tune. Now, I did not realize that they used this more than once, but because we've been watching it like really quickly, yeah. um, they sing the ground control to Major Tom's song again. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, I was like, oh my gosh. And then Joey pleads for forgiveness and Phoebe accepts his apology and he is like, I'll play 20 questions with you. So he does it. She guesses it really quickly because it's a meatball sandwich. <laughs> of course. It's a food question. It's a food question. Uh, now, in in uh, in the girls' apartment, Rachel is maybe putting together like a flower arrangement in the house in like maybe a vase. She gets scared, throws the bouquet over her shoulder. Guess who catches it? Monica. Monica. It's, it's the last straw for our favorite couple. They loudly agree that it's too fast and everything will just stay the same. And she yells at him to unpack because it's been three days since they got back. And he storms out of the room while regretfully staying, like stating, it's not like we're married. And he's like, ooh, and he like runs out. <laughs> Quick question before I before I switch. Are you an instant unpacker or no? Um, yes. It, okay. I think, it, I think it also depends on where I'm coming from. But my bag will be unpacked by end of next day. Like okay. I'll give myself 24 hours maybe, but that's about it. I have a feeling you're not. <laughs> Why do you say that, Llewellyn? Uh, just because I, I mean, we've been friends long enough that I know. I still have not. Un- <laughs> From New York? Okay, can I be honest? Okay, come on. New York nope. was a month. Nope. Okay. okay, hold on. Let me explain. The things that I had packed for New York... I also packed to have that 12-day stay at the place that I was dog-sitting, where I wasn't coming back and forth home. Okay, then that makes sense. Okay. So there was a combination of new things that I put in, things that I took out from New York, and then put in, like, different things, like, more clean clothes, things like that for the new, not trip. It was, I'm staying in town. It was just a way different part of town. So. Okay, that makes sense. But. I ended that on the second, so Monday. For us, it's Monday. To go back to the conversation we were having before we started recording, you need to be productive today. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) So you're saying I need to unpack for my 12-day stay today. at At least that. I will say that... It takes me to the next weekend, typically, to unpack from something. I so can't, I can't stand my bag sitting there. Normally, normally when I get back from a vacation, I'm coming back on like late on a Saturday night or a Sunday because I want to maximize my time. And then I start work on Monday. Then I just want to relax during the weeknights because I'm tired and it's been like I need a vacation from my vacation, so I'm just not doing anything. But that that weekend coming up, I will unpack. 
I get it, but it's so been just, long enough. That just proves how we're different, and I love that. So maybe I'll try and remember to ask this in our stories when this episode releases. Are you an instant unpacker, or do you wait? We want to know. Yeah. Okay, um, back to the episode. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention. Ooh. In the girls' apartment, if you yes. look at the kitchen, you'll notice yes. that they now have a yellow stand mixer. Up until this point, it's always been black. But oh. from here on out, it'll be yellow. Interesting. They swapped it out, huh? Yeah. Okay. Good for them. Um, now, at this point, before I ask that question, Chandler stormed out of the room and Monica is on the couch still. But sweet, sweet Chandler comes comes back in very sweetly. <laughs> sweet, sweet. And he proposes a different life change for them. One that might be more where they're at right now for both of them. But Monica is simply not getting the let's move no, in together not. subtlety. Yeah. So he just comes out and says it. And she says, yes. Big applause from the audience, the studio but audience. I, I love how he was like, we could just move in together and you could understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so good. And I also forgot that he was the one that asked. I always I thought it was her. Because I know. you see Monica, she's a control freak. Yes. You would assume she would be the one to ask, but I love, I like love it. Just it's made him. me love them even more that it was him. Yes, like he is starting to be more vulnerable in taking the bigger risks, which I love. Yeah. yeah, because even she's like, but then all your stuff would be here, and then you'd be going back and forth. Like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, he's like, okay. <laughs> um, so she gives him a key and wants him to go christen it. So he goes outside. She locks it. He's like, okay, door hasn't been locked in six years, but whatever. So he goes outside and it breaks inside the lock. And they're stuck. Doesn't he already have a key? Because they they kept one at the guy's apartment. But yeah, anyways. I know. I think it's more of like a, we needed, like they needed like a visual representation that like it's happening probably. So... We go downstairs to the cafe. Ross comes in and tell Rachel, tells Rachel he took care of it. Everything went off without a hitch. Slight pun intended on my part. LOL. Um, <laughs> however, when Rachel goes to get her sweater in preparation to go out and see a movie that she had invited Phoebe and Ross to, Ross reveals his little secret to Phoebe, which is he did not get the annulment. And the way he says it, where he's like, okay, bye. I, I'm i like, ugh, it's like an internal cringe for me. The way that Ross yeah. is acting as if like he's like a little drunk or like a little kiddish in his like, I'm trying to pull one over on Rachel. And like he just, he just leaves Phoebe with his secret and goes to get up. Yeah. And that's how we end like the main part of this episode. So then in the tag, there is a really sweet dedication at the end, like you mentioned before, for Courtney and David, who did get married. Joey arrives to Chandler um, in the hallway working on getting the key out of the lock. Joey's like, I'll take care of it. He goes to retrieve what's probably a Phillips flathead, which didn't work. But he goes back. He's like, I'm not done yet. So he goes back. We think he's going to go retrieve something else. But all of a sudden, he just hurls his body at the door which does indeed give way to the mere power 
uh, behind that. Yeah. And just opens the door. So the lock is no longer the issue, but now they don't have a door. So. (laughs) Right. In New York City. In New York City. Awesome. Anything else about the episode? Any more any more facts? Fun facts? Um, I don't think so. Okay, what was your favorite scene? Oh goodness, I am I'm, I'm a sucker for sentimental moments. I think it's when he asked mm. if he could move in. Yes. Yeah, hands down. I almost cried. I think that was my favorite too. It was like the switch from them being mad at each other to him coming in, like almost as if he had this like great epiphany in that couple of seconds. Yeah. Like, I could imagine him, like, he needs to go unpack because, like, she's, like, yelling at him, too, after they just had this little, like, they both technically got what they wanted, but they're having to, like, be angry about it and just miscommunication. But I could imagine, like, after going on a trip like that, almost getting married, deciding not to, that he's leaving her apartment and probably thinking, I don't want to have to leave her to go do like to go unpack. Like I wish I didn't have to leave her over here. And I could yeah. imagine just having this like really quick epiphany in the hallway of being like, I should just move in. And it makes it really sweet for me. I loved it. I would completely concur with you. What about your episode rating? Um, I think, ugh, I think I'm going to put this one at how you doing. Um, just above half. Okay. Okay. I think it was good for a season opener. I mean, they had a cliffhanger, which was kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. And I think overall, they did well with like, they had everybody engaged in something, mm-hmm. which was nice because I feel like there's always at least one or two friends that like don't really have a storyline. And I mean, you would probably say Phoebe and Joey in this situation, but I feel like the cab scenes, while not necessarily huge, were big enough for them to have like their own little moment Mm -hmm. um which was kind of nice and it is interesting it definitely pushes the story forward you know the third divorce ross and rachel all of that yeah and then also the moving in question like it's a big step for both sets of friends yes um that i think it warrants enough to have a little bit higher than halfway but there were also just a lot of you know continuity things and is it even a real thing to be able to be married while you're drunk like yeah just those things that i'm thinking of now like looking back at it 30 years in the future like these don't make sense why were they written into it but mm. yeah i didn't write it so not my call true um i would probably i would probably agree with you i i i like liked it and in some ways didn't like it all at the same time which i think is you know yeah. When you cut everything down, that is the stripped version of any rating. I liked it a little bit more than I didn't like it. <laughs> um, I And it had a lot of funny moments, like moments where I laughed out loud. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Like Phoebe maybe being married still to somebody, the miscommunication of like Chandler and Monica are about to get married, but then they're like, isn't that why you guys are here? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Why else would we be here? And they're like having to cover their tracks and then both wanting the same conversation. I think I was just frustrated that like, just have the conversation, just be honest, but that doesn't make good TV. So, um, especially like in the nineties when like shows and the, the more deep elements were still being, you know, figured out. But I loved the, the, like 
Chandler making a funny voice lawyer joke. Like that to me was hilarious. He's like, I think, I think Ross might already have a divorce, divorce <laughs> yeah. lawyer. And that to me was hilarious. Um, yeah. So there was just like a couple funny moments. I did laugh out loud. There were some frustrating things about the storyline for me. So yeah, I would agree with you. It was a how you doing for me as well. So now we are about to enter the post show wrap up. Uh, trivia time, our first trivia of the new year, of the new season. Yeah. All right. Which friend is most likely to use the acronym WENUS? W-E-N-U-S. It's Phoebe, isn't it? I was going to say it was Chandler. You're right. Yes! Oh, you're right. It, isn't it something to do with his work? Yeah, it was like weekly, uh, weekly engagement numbers... Or I don't know. Unit system or something? <laughs> something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Which friend, yeah. Which friend joined a gym which he was unable to quit on his own? Ross. Yes. No, it was Chandler. Ross had to go with him and ended up getting and, roped and in. And also got roped in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So both were Chandler. Oh, Dang both it. Both were Chandler. Interesting. Nice. That's like the perfect way to kick off the new year for us. But like in <laughs> in honor of him like being a man and asking to move in, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Love that. Okay, our social media spotlight. This section, I am going because we had a two week break, we had like a little break between recording over the holidays. So um because of our New York trip, there was some engagement from that that we didn't get into the episodes like as we were like releasing into the new year. So we've got like a little bit of backed up social media spotlight. So I am going to split that over this episode and the next one. So for those of you who have reached out and you haven't heard back from us, it's because I needed to keep it unread so that I could do this part of the episode for two episodes. So if you didn't hear your, if you don't hear yours this week, you will hear it next week. First, first person or people, I'm not quite sure who I want to acknowledge. Do you remember when um, I mentioned that there was a friends account that reached out to us where their name is the friends with the dots in between? And I couldn't see, they had mentioned us in their story, but I couldn't see it anymore because the time had passed before I got to it. Um, I had reached out and just said, I'm so sorry I missed, I'm so sorry that we missed this um, story Um, But we're happy, you know, like, we're happy you tagged us. And they said, they responded. They said, hi, no worries. I was just sharing what Spotify told me I heard the most over this year, and it was your podcast. And we held the number one spot on this friend's um, fan account. It was, it beat out the Office Ladies podcast and the Mayim Bilik. Oh, what's her name from? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's, I don't know how to pronounce it. Mayim. She's. She's on Jeopardy right now, and she also was on Big Bang Theory. Yes. Yeah, she's like a neuro, 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 neuro neuroscientist. Yes. Something. Yes. Um, so thank you, friends account. We appreciate it. Um, we were just say like, I just said that we were so excited to see like an another friends account interacting with us. So thank you guys. Um, I also want to reach out to. Um, I want to shout out our friend uh, Grace, who has her name as Barry on Instagram. Um, she sent us a reel, which um, lines Ooh, up lines up with this episode. Yes, it lines up with your episode. So it's a picture of Matthew Perry in the intro credit scenes, 
and it says, I just noticed that in the season six, episode one, everyone's last name is Arquette, like Matthew Perry Arquette in the intro. So thank you, uh, Grace, for pointing that out for us. Um, she responds and says, I don't think I've ever caught this, but now I'm going to go back and look for it. So it was literally perfect timing and aligning with what we were talking about this episode. So I could not pass it up. Um, uh, she also sent us a Facebook link, which I haven't clicked on yet. Um, without context, I'm usually pretty wary about, um, clicking on links that I don't know what the link is to when there's no context. So, um, I've kind of, I'll be honest, Grace, I've been avoiding that. So, but thank you for sending it and, um, I'll maybe get brave and click on it later. Um, to our friend, um, Mohawk Chiravedi, um, they responded a lot to our stories while we were over New York, um, and just saying that they also needed to visit New York City. Um, if any of you guys ever do, we've got some, um, I've got like a cool bar location. Again, go see Hamilton. Um, and <laughs> go see any show on Broadway. Honestly, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, but also Hamilton. <laughs> but yes, but yes. So thanks, Mohawk, for um, inter interacting with our stories. We really appreciate it. Um, and then we've got Fran Emmerich. She reached out to us also to interact with our stories. Um, and she uh, interacted with the one that was the big bunny suit that Chandler wore. And she says, it's no bunny at all. Always no bunny at all. Um, and just uh, interacted with our happy New Year's Eve Eve that Phoebe says. So thank you, Fran, for interacting with our stories. And then we have got a brand new friend who reached out to us, Christy Hodge Hodgkinson. Um, they said... Uh, I hope this gets to you okay. I just listened to the episode 122 where Leanne talks about her TV habits during lockdown. Well, I just watched, oh my gosh, Christy, <laughs> I just rewatched The Simpsons whole 34 seasons and then an hour later wow. started it again because I missed it. <gasps> I That 34 seasons, that... I think that beats out like the 12 different shows I watched. That is crazy. Yeah. So I don't watch The Simpsons, so I don't know the answer to this. How long are those episodes? Are they like 30 minute episodes? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Christy, when um, you listen to this, let us know. Like, are they 30 minute episodes? I think they are, which makes makes it a little little more obtainable. But that that's impressive. I'm, that I'm is very impressed. That is very impressive. Um uh Kirsty. Oh my gosh, I said Christy. It's Kirsty. Oh, I'm, so I'm so sorry. I'm so Kirsty Hodgkinson. I'm so sorry. Um I got it right at the end though. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for listening. Thanks for reaching out to this us to the first time. She did send a recommend to a friend, so I'm going to hold that off to a week that we don't have one. So I will keep your store uh your um message with us alive and active so that I come back to it. Now I'm going to hold off the rest for the next episode. But again, thank you guys for interacting with us. So speaking of recommend to a friend, Llewellyn. Yes. We so originally I fitting, fittingly, we both have recommends to a friends from our New York trip. Yeah. Or or um, in honor of. Yeah. Since we since we talked about like the Christmas things that we did in New York, which was the main reason we went that in yes. Hamilton. Yes. Um Hamilton. but we also both were able to do things that we wanted to do that weren't Christmas related. 
So one of the things I recommend, um, if you ever get to New York, I highly recommend going through the Museum of Broadway, which just opened in November, I think. Like it's it's recent. It's only been open like a month or so. I didn't realize um, it had just opened. Yeah. So we were planning wow. that trip and I had seen like someone did a reel about it. Like some influencer that I follow that lives in New York. Sure. And she was like, I want to, like, when I get back, I want to see this. I was like, wait, what is this? And so I went to it. And it when I was looking at it, it wasn't even open yet. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is literally just going to open. Which I was like, this is going to be perfect because it's not, I mean, it's in Times Square, but it's like just off of Times Square. So it's not like in the, the busyness of Times Square. Um, that I figured it's so new that not as many people are probably going to go to it right yet. And... The longer you wait to go to it, you know, prices just go up. So I'm like, I have to see it on this trip because who knows when I'll be back and it could be like impossible to get in. So after Leanne took off on Sunday, I had my flight didn't take off until like 8 p.m. So I had like seven or eight hours by myself in the city. So that was perfect because I could go through this museum. Um, I do highly recommend that you go with friends next time because <laughs> um, there's a lot of moments where you can like interact with the different sets or they've got like um like some dancing spots where you could like act out a dance scene or basically like immerse yourself in the scene of Broadway and like the different shows that they have which is really cool and it's hard to do that if you don't have somebody there to like take a photo for you or you know like interact with um which was fine I thankfully was going through at the same time that another girl was by herself and so we kept like Every Aww. now and then we're like, hey, can you take my photo here? Or could you do this? And oh, I so love that was that. like helpful. And the people there too, they, their their knowledge of Broadway is so great. So being mm. able to like ask them questions and do that or whatever. But it's really cool. So it's the way they have it designed is like you walk in and it's the it's like a big gift shop area. Um, and then you go upstairs. So you, you walk up like six or seven flights of stairs or take an elevator if you decide. Um, and then the entire thing, it's like a walk down, like you're coming like down into like the different stages of Broadway, which is really cool. And it takes you from, I mean, it's a museum. So it takes you from like the start of Broadway all the way up to where they are now. Um, and I won't give away like everything. Cause I really think it's one of those things that you should experience, even if you don't love Broadway per se, but you're like still interested in what it means and like why it's so important in New York culture. I think it's fun to go through. If you don't want to read all the information, because there's a ton of like info on the walls, it'll literally take you like an hour to walk through. Like it's not that big. Mm. Um, but it was great because it's everything from some of the big musicals you know about to minor ones you've maybe never heard of, but are like monumental in Broadway's history. And then it takes you the last part, which oddly enough was my favorite part. Um, it's the last flight of stairs down and it like walks you into like the making of a Broadway show. So at this point, everybody was like stuck because like the last point before that was like what's currently on Broadway so like you know they had a ton of like artifacts from like Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, Wicked, Hamilton, Six, Town, like all of like the current things or whatever. They had um, Hamilton so, stuff? They do they have some of the costumes from the original Hamilton in there. Oh, that's dope. Um, And so like everybody was kind of stuck there and so then I went into this like last section by myself and I was probably in that section for like 30 minutes with nobody else which was wow um but you like walk down these stairs and it's like the making of a broadway show and it's like the behind the scenes stuff it's what the composers do it's like the actual set like you could sit at a grand piano and like play with this 
like backdrop of like the auditorium there and it was so cool to just see the details of even like the stuff you don't see behind the scenes um and it was really fun so i'm gonna stop talking because i'm talking too much about it but if you're ever in new york i highly recommend looking up the museum of broadway i think tickets are like 30 bucks right now um which is very cheap and it's all standalone so you walk yourself through it um but also you can ask anybody around there with a red shirt on and they'll tell you more about it one guy told us like all about west side story and like things that we would never even have thought to like look up that were really cool so yeah it's a great thing if you love broadway or even if you don't in the flow of it how did it relate to how did it relate like to um our friends experience like was it similar in the sense that like there were some there were some like picture ops there was props there was like story about things Um, yeah so they start you with like a video just like we did with friends um where they kind of give you like a highlight overview of broadway when it started to now Mm -hmm. and then they walk you in and it's like you immediately walk into like i think the 1920s when it like got really started or whenever it was it started i don't remember Mm -hmm. um and they literally have like full full on sets of different shows like not the full set but like maybe a scaled down model or um my favorite my personal favorite was rent because it's my personal favorite show but they had like a lot of the original and they had plaques that said like this is original or this is from the London one or whatever, like where the set pieces were from. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I walked into the rent set, it was like a lot of their set is just very metal worky, like Avenue B type stuff. Okay. And so they had like a whole trash section that you would have seen like on the actual stage. And then next to it, they had, I think, four costumes like mm-hmm. on mannequins that were actually worn by the original cast. Mm. Um, the telephone booth that they use in that show was there. So like they actually have it set up as if you were seeing it on stage, which is really cool. And you can walk up. You can't touch anything, obviously, but you can take pictures. Um, their cabaret section had, like, an actual chair and hat that you could sit in and, um, like, put the hat on, do whatever you wanted to. So their their sets were very interactive, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice because you could kind of, like, put yourself on the stage, which was fun. Um, so it's a little bit different than the Friends experience was. There wasn't any, like actual spots where they took photos that makes sense like the friends one did yeah but you could take as many photos or videos as you wanted to which was really nice and you could sit and touch like a ton of things except for the actual artifacts that were you know they're trying to preserve but Mm. yeah it was good nice we didn't even talk about that in our recap our friends experience and i think it's because we shared some of it in like our stories i i thought about i was actually thinking about this earlier today like of putting together like a reel of some of the photos that i took because i haven't even shared the friends photos that i took so i might do that because it seems like our friends like reels um yeah our stairs one is still slowly gaining followers all the time likes Um, I mean, it's nowhere near like hundreds of thousands, but several thousand for us is viral. So, (laughs) yeah, 
Um, I think what I'm going to do for those of you that missed sort of our, um, I think a reel would definitely work as well. And I think you should put it in there. But I think I'm going to make a highlight reel of all of the stories that we made while we were in New York, just so that you guys could revisit it if you want. And then if you, I say if, when you and I take future trips to New York, because I love New York, um, we could always put anything in there friends related um, also. So um, okay, thank you for that recommend to a friend. My recommend to a friend is also in honor of New York. When we were stranded, uh, apartmentless, uh, at one in the morning, uh, and we hopped over to the Molly Wee Pub, uh, I introduced Llewellyn. I introduced this to you, didn't I? Yes. Okay, I introduced Llewellyn to a drink that I don't have very often, but that I do enjoy. I um, if if I drink beer, which is very rarely, but if I drink it, I am a stout person. I love Guinness. Or I'm on the complete opposite end and I love hard ciders. So there's a drink called Black Velvet, which is a combination of a hard cider and a Guinness. And it is delicious. And if you've never it tried that combination, com- it's so good. It's like the 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 thickness of what a stout is gets kind of undercut by the slight fruitiness of a hard cider. It balances each other out really well. Um, so if you've never had a black velvet, if you've never had a combination of Guinness and cider, hard cider, highly recommend that to a friend. It's a great drink. Um, and it gives it gives me two things that I love in one glass. And it's amazing. So that is my recommend to a friend. Okay. Nice. This was a long episode and I loved it. Um, next week... We are going to continue on with some of the uh, storyline from this episode. It's going to carry into the next as well as some new funny situational things. And we're going to cover the one where Ross hugs Rachel. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys next week on the One Friends Podcast. <laughs>